This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to the Skeptical Skeptics Podcast. I'm your host, RJ Metzger. And I'm Rachel Metzger. And we also have a special guest, Carol from Retro Late Fee. Hey, what's up? So if you haven't checked out the show, we have plugged them like officially. <laughs> well, actually not retro. Oh, no. Yeah, you guys do. You have a you have an ad. We did them. So you will have heard their ad. But also we talk about them all the time. So yes. if you haven't checked them out, then listen to Carol, uh, who probably has the best speaking voice out of the three of us. So li- <laughs> listen to her and then realize that you, you're missing out if you haven't checked it out. Uh, so <laughs> do you want to plug your show for a second, Carol? Yeah, so what we do is we pretend that it's 1994 and review movies and shows and just kind of talk about the news of the time. And it's it's fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And if you're not following them on Twitter, you should because they also uh, tweet like they're from the 90s sometimes. Well, Mark specifically. Yeah, um, it's very, very funny. Yeah, we do the uh, 90s diary entries. Yes, <laughs> it's good. Um, and then also the added element to that is uh, your guys' like dating life is also yeah. a part of that as well, which is fun. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Rachel, this week, who do we have to talk about? Okay, there's a reason I never do this because I butcher things even worse than RJ. But we got two new um, ratings on our iTunes by Matt Winter Watson and by Eric Salas. Sorry if I said your name wrong, Eric. Or Salus. Or Salus. Or Salus. Salus. something completely different. But thanks, guys. Yep. And we also had a comment from Bebhin Feochadan, which talking about messing up names. I'm Ooh. pretty sure I messed that one up. So sorry. Glad that wasn't mine. Um, let me know if... Let me know in the comments. That's actually something a lot of people have been doing lately, which is pretty nice. Is they're like, hey, you, um, <laughs> you, you got really you're close. You're really bad at this. You, huh? Fix it. Yeah. But it's nice because then I don't keep saying it for like episode after episode that's true like uh sire andrew sire he i said see oh yeah it wasn't right (laughs) um it was sire anyway so that one worked out um okay so we've been talking about this episode for a while now and um what it is is listener stories so we've gathered up a bunch of listener stories that you have submitted and by you i mean like seven or eight people and by have submitted, I mean, like 1,400 of you are not submitting stories, even though we're asking like every single week. Whoa, way to call so, them out, RJ. I am, because whenever we do the third one, I would like to have a bunch more stories. So please uh, send us your stories. We have a bunch of ways to do that. You can uh, find us on social media at SkepSkepPod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, or you can email us, skepticalskeptics at gmail.com. Find our website, skepticalskeptics.com. Or we have a voicemail number, which I don't have in front of me. So I will put it in the end of the episode so if you're looking for that look look there um oh speaking of social media carol can you give them your uh twitter for the show sure it is retro underscore carol there you go um yeah and then uh mark oh and retro late fee Yep. And Retro Late Fee. And then Mark also from Massive Late Fee. Uh, if you have listened to that show, he also will retweet everything so you can find them there. OK, so the first story we have is from a friend of ours and a friend of the show, um, Britt from Faves of Our Lives, which Britt, I did not forget that you said you were going to record this. So now you have to hear me tell your story when it could have been you telling your own story, which would have been probably arguably better. 
but we're gonna find throwing out. a lot of shade in this episode. I'm not throwing shade. Brent was very nice. She was actually our first submitted story. It's really cloudy in here right now. Super nice of her <laughs> to do this. And I appreciate it so much. I just wish we got I'm to hear I'm just going to tell you how it. you did it wrong. Yeah, I'm just going to critique everything. Shame on you, Brittany. Seriously. Like, thanks so much, but here's how you messed up. (laughs) Okay, hold on. So, also speaking to Brittany, which I've already done for the last 30 seconds, um, I am still going to make that shirt for you with the design that I talked about and and all that. Oh, my shirt? Yes. I've just been so busy with work that I've had zero time to open up Photoshop. So I haven't forgotten. I'm still going to hook you up. It'll be a great time. Uh, If all the rest of you don't know what shirt we're talking about, just... Hold tight because I don't want to sell it before I make the design and I may quit on it. So I'm not going to sell it right now, but just hold tight on that. Okay. So Britt says, sorry, it took me a while to respond, which by the way, it only took her like, I don't know, two days. And that was like four (laughs) months ago. So she was totally in time. Uh, But anyway, she goes, I've been working 12 hour shifts. So yes, my friends and I decided one Halloween to go into what we call in Athens, Ohio, the ridges. It is an old insane, insane asylum. There is a ton of info online if you're interested, but a lot of the townies know everything because our grandmothers actually worked there. Anyway, we walked around outside first and through the graveyard Um, Walked around outside first and through the graveyard, which most of the gravestones are only numbered with patient numbers. That's sad. That's where the first thing happened. We had a video recorder, but it only recorded us going into the graveyard. And when we came out, everything in the cemetery would didn't record. It was all static, which was strange because if you weren't recording, the screen would be blue. That rules out anything, anyone shutting off the recorder to try to be funny. We then walked outside the buildings where we found who we assumed to be in Ohio's Uh, university police officer my aunt worked for oupd so i talked to him and asked if we were allowed to go in he told us any doors that were unlocked we could go into so we did a lot of the way through we walked all four of us in a single file line in one room we all got this really weird feeling and heard a door slam so we ran when we got into a room with lighting we saw a perfect handprint in dust on the person who was in the very back there's no way he could have done that to himself and he was genuinely freaked out because he didn't feel anything touch him yeah that's not ideal (laughs) um yeah we also got a glimpse of a room that had chains and what looked like scratches on the brick wall but i can't confirm what that's what that was we think we found an entrance to one of the tunnels that were used for emergency evacuation but we never chanced going into that after what had happened yeah don't blame her yeah, so so far they've had the screen like freak out, not record stuff, and then they've had a handprint appear on somebody's and back. And a door and slam. And a door slam. That is like how did they not just get the hell out? <laughs> right. I would I wouldn't have even gone in. Well yeah, I'm first of all. A huge but wuss, then this but... stuff's going down. Okay, but this kind of begs the question, right? If you go to a place like this, do you actually want stuff to happen or do you you know what I mean? I like, think it- kind of do i mean otherwise you're just wasting your time yeah you don't want to walk out of there and be like it was lame right it's true you want something to happen but it's like i think it's one of those like it's kind of okay the way i think of it is like when you go on a really big scary roller coaster like you want you obviously went to the roller coaster to ride a roller coaster but when you're about to go down that first drop like you have that feeling of like i don't want to do this i don't want to do this when actually that's kind of what gets you going back though yeah right but actually you do and then once you do it it's awesome but but that's the difference there it's changes because it's not awesome when you experience (laughs) really scary stuff it's like i really want this to happen but i'm also terrified and then when it does happen you're like oh no i'm scarred for life now right (laughs) 
All right, so she goes on to say, we eventually found our way back out. We are looking for the stain. I'll explain in the next message, she says, um, but got too freaked out to continue. When we left, I called my aunt to tell her about our experience. She informed us that none of the doors should have even been unlocked because the building is set up to keep people in. If a door closes behind you, it won't open back up from that side. You're essentially trapped. The cop was messing with us, assuming that all doors were locked as they should have been. As I said, we were searching for the stain. The stain was produced by a patient with the name of Margaret Schilling wandering into an attic room. The door locked behind her and nobody found her for a few weeks. When found, she had taken off all of her clothes, sat them on the windowsill and laid in the middle of the floor. The decay of the body stained the floor. The university, having purchased the building to turn into a student museum and there are talks of an apartment building, tried to both paint and relay concrete, but the stain continues to come back no matter what they try sorry for the overload of info i just wanted you to know the full story to decide if you were still interested in discuss- discussing the story um i'll also send a picture of the stain and the tuberculosis ward um which we went into and it was really creepy despite nothing happening to us in that area i will we will share those pictures hopefully if we're decent about social media this week i don't know why you're pointing at me because babe it's when you your say job. We, you, well, yeah right when you say we you mean me right yes you and you just don't, don't. do it you don't listen. This is seriously. You don't post. What is your deal tonight? I don't know. I'm just bitter, I guess. I'm just tired. Anyways, let's talk about the story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rather than your so, weird hatred for me. <laughs> super creepy. <laughs> so the stain I saw on TV once, I think. Maybe Ugh. with Douche Bagans. Um, Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. That show is always background noise for me. I don't super actually creepy, watch though. it that well. Relaying concrete and painting. It just keeps showing up. Ugh. That's insane. I can't imagine the feeling after you left and then your aunt's like, yeah, you weren't supposed to be in there. You should have gotten locked in. Yeah. That like. Claustrophobia big time. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God they didn't. Yeah. Total freak out moment. Um, Okay. As Brittany likes so much. I don't like that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't like any of that. That's the catchphrase. Um, Yeah. So thank you, Britt, for sharing. That is super terrifying. Another thing I would like to know is if. Um, you're totally bought in to like paranormal stuff or if you've kind of like you're on the fence about it or what? Because I'm Brit like has always listened and really likes the show. But I don't think I've ever just straight asked her if she uh, totally believes or not. So interesting there. Um, OK, so let's go into I think Carol's story would be a good time. To OK, do that. Like right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So this is back when I was a teenager. I was dating this guy, Matt, and um, he said that his house was haunted, whatever. I I didn't really believe that. But we used the Ouija board pretty frequently. And weirdly, it always worked. Um, I've I've tried to use it other times, other places, and never had it work other than in his house. And uh, it was me and him and his sister and her friend this one time where... It started moving really, really fast, and it moved so fast that it actually flung out from underneath our hands. Um, wow. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was like moving on its own and then off the board. And um, at one point we had asked, like, give us a sign that you're there. It lifted up his sister's friend's hair. Mm. Like, it, it looked like somebody grabbed it and it was just kind of like hanging out. You My know gosh. I mean? Yeah. It was Ugh. it was really creepy. And like you have to say goodbye for every person who's playing right. and every spirit that's there. So you, we put the thing back on and we're like, goodbye, goodbye. And it just kept going and going and going for like ever with goodbye. It was so freaky. It's like how how many spirits are here? Or is it just refusing to say goodbye? Um 
So that was that was like probably the scariest incident that we had. But there were other times that it was just not cool. <laughs> like it said um, one time it was saying to worship it. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> or another time it said I, and I was not pregnant, but it said I was pregnant with it. Mm, my gosh why, why would we continue to use this board i don't know but because <laughs> you're teenagers right so yeah and then there was one time that um when i left i just had this really creepy feeling like you know that you feel like you're being watched mm-hmm. and when i got home and i went to get out of my car all my doors locked and i was just like trapped in the car for a minute and i was like, oh my gosh freaked because i thought the spirit came with me i mean you know it, it's because it was always there and it was mostly the same people, probably people think somebody was moving the board and it's all in your head. But the time when it was moving without us even touching it, I'm that, that just shows me that it was real for me. That is absolutely insane. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's crazy. So wait, the really bad one where like the hair lifted and the thing was moving. Was that not the last time you did this? Like, did you do it again? (laughs) We, we did it one more time after that. (laughs) Jeez, <laughs> and we I, took a long break, but it's, of it's course, almost uh, kind of like addicting. Um, I, I don't know. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I bet. Well, you just want to find out more information, right? It's yeah. like, yeah, you want to see what else can happen, kind of thing. That's mm-hmm. that's nuts. Um, have you ever felt like, um, other than the car locking thing, have you ever felt like maybe it like followed you around beyond that, or no? No, not other Ooh. than that. That's lucky. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wow, that's crazy. So, um, are you, so, so me and Rachel have both had some paranormal experiences, which we'll talk about as mm-hmm. well, but like, we still kind of go back to, I don't know though. Like, so are you fully like in the camp of like, you know, ghosts are real or do, do you kind of wonder like what that was? I, I believe that there's a spirit world. I don't believe necessarily in ghosts the way that most people believe in ghosts. Like, cause I'm also very, very much, um, you know, I'm a Christian And so I believe in heaven and hell and angels and demons. And I think that spirits might hang out for a little bit before they move on. But I think a lot of it might be angels and demons, too. Right. So. And do you think that one was a demon? I don't think everybody who dies is a ghost. Right. Yeah, we're with you on that. So do you think that was a demon then? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds Uh, like it, right? Yeah. (laughs) That's insane. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good story. Um. And have you had anything else paranormal happen to you? Um, not, I mean, like we spent a lot of time like talking about ghost hunting and doing the Ouija board. And like, I mean, we spent, we, we did the Ouija board many, many times and it wasn't always all scary and freaky. Um, but no, I mean, I, 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 I had times when I would get freaked out, but I think it was cause I spent so much time <laughs> thinking about it, you know, like watching scary right. stuff, researching, yeah. you know. So, you know, yeah, I'd get it in my head, but those are the only times that I was really, truly like convinced something was happening and not just, oh, um, I'm creeping myself out. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, that, well, like we've been saying since what episode one that we're going to do a ghost hunt, but like I guarantee Rachel's going to freak out because we've been talking about it for too long. <laughs> <laughs> I would freak out oh no my gosh. what. You totally should, though. It would be so fun. Oh, we're going to. It's going to be the hard launch if of our YouTube channel. If being my pants is fun, then I yes, guess. <laughs> it is for everyone else but you. Yeah, it'll be fun for all of us, Rachel. Exactly. I'm like the person that I'm, I just like, I'm literally the person that at um, haunted houses, the people follow around because they can scare me over and over and over again. Okay. Like, my <laughs> likelihood of screaming is, and running away, legitimately just like, 
running and being gone is it's so true. high. It's <laughs> not even funny. It's terrible. But we'll see. I like can't get I can't buy in on haunted houses. I just have a hard time with them. Yeah, I just don't like people don't jumping out. I think for me, no. it's like because I know it's coming. It's the anticipation that I get all mm-hmm. built up. And then when it happens, it's like they got me. Yeah. The other, the other problem was like. um they're just like, I don't know what it is. Like, there are some that are really, really good. There are just other ones where it's like, you can just tell it's like an actor just trying to have a good time. And I just can't get past that. Like, I really can't. Um, I don't know. It's have weird. you heard of that one in San Antonio where it's like 13 floors? And if you get all the way to the 13th, you mm-hmm. get your money back because yeah. it's so terrifying. I know. And those are the things that it's like, I don't know. I feel like I could do it, but like, I also don't, I just don't want to. Like, it's not fun. There's also right? ones where there's like, you can, you like basically run out into a cornfield and they're allowed to touch you. Like yeah. you sign a waiver mm-hmm. yeah, you sign and a like waiver. Yeah. hiding in cornfields, just people ready to attack you. Yep. Yeah, so if you guys are them like that here too. Ugh. Yeah. So as listeners, if you guys want to get together, have our first uh, trip as skeptical skeptics to a <laughs> minus, corn maze. Minus Rachel. Yeah, minus yeah, I'll, stay, minus I'll Rachel. stay home with my kids. Yeah, and nobody wants to be cleaning pee out of the Watch yeah. happy movies. <laughs> exactly. Okay. You know, when I was a kid, my dad took me to Haunted House and um, they separated us. I was a <gasps> kid. Oh, no. Oh, my God. That's yeah. not okay. No, like they were like only one person at a time. And he's like, just wait for me at the other side of the door. But then I got so scared, I ran. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Understandably. And so eventually he found me with the one lady who took pity on me. She was like dressed as a spider. She put me on her lap and she was like, it's okay. Oh honey. my God. Oh man. That's like worse. <laughs> Traumatizing. Oh, that's awesome. So I have a story by Andrew Sire that he sent in to us. Um, he said, I grew up in Northern North Dakota in the Turtle Mountains. They're more like hills. North Dakota doesn't have mountains. And I return often to go hunting and fishing. I've seen every animal up there that you typically see, as well as some that are very rarely seen in that region. Elk, wolves, bears, mountains. Sorry, mountains. <laughs> yeah, the, the rare mountain animal. <laughs> Mountain lions. Uh, last November during deer season, I had an experience in my hair stand straight up. It was early evening and I had settled into an old camper that we converted into a deer blind. By the way, super envious of that because I do not have that on my land. Mm -hmm. I found it odd that no deer were showing up since they had been consistently showing up about an hour before legal hunting time ended. I started hearing heavy footsteps in the trees behind the camper and I thought maybe it was one of my family members coming to join me or ask for help with butchering a deer. The steps crunching in the brush and the snow kept getting louder. So I opened the back door expecting to see someone in blaze orange approaching the camper, but I saw no one and the footsteps stopped. Ugh. I sat back down and the footsteps continued. Then an overwhelming smell that would describe that I would describe as a skunk, but way worse, filled the air. Then I heard a blood-curdling scream that sounded like a singer in a death metal band. I like his descriptions. Mm -hmm. I grabbed my rifle and I fired a shot in the air out the back door of the camper and I sprinted to my ATV as quickly as I could. I did not tell um, anyone at deer camp about my experience because they know I'm into Bigfoot and things like that. And I would have just been given a hard time. But everyone commented that I looked like I had seen a ghost. I never actually saw what it was. There's a good chance it could have been just someone messing with me. But the smell, it's not uncommon for us to be out in the woods for a few days without a shower, but that was no body odor. I also never found any footprints beside my own, beside the camper, and I have no clue how else it even got to the camper. So there's my Bigfoot story. Yeah, so when I read this, this legitimately gave me, like, chills. Like, Can you imagine? Like, that would be terrifying. Yeah. Mm, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I don't, I don't mess with the woods. I'm not, a, I'm not a... I do mess with the woods. I don't, <laughs> because I have a very... 
unhealthy fear of the things that live out there. (laughs) So the idea of anything being there, like even if it was a bear or a mountain lion or whatever is scary enough, but like the idea of it being Bigfoot is even. Like he said, like going back to the smell, like that's such a classic Bigfoot thing, but like that's something that I think, like he said, like I think he could rationalize away a couple things, but once you get hit with that like otherworldly smell, like you, you can't say it's a prank anymore. You know, like nobody just carries around supreme skunk odor, <laughs> right? Unless right. someone was really dedicated, and, like rolled around in something really gross. Yeah, but then like at deer camp, like people would have, like it just doesn't go away. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. I know. I'm just saying, like that's the only way that would make well, any sense. Wh- until he got to the smell part, that's what I was thinking. Especially once he mentioned like he's into Bigfoot, like. Well, clearly someone was messing with him, right? But then it was the smell. Like, I, yeah, that is, uh, that's terrifying. So, Andrew, I am very curious. Are you planning on going out to deer hunt in the same spot this upcoming uh, deer season? If so, are you nervous? And (laughs) please put out video cameras. Like, I would love to, (laughs) I would love to see that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I, uh, I go to the woods frequently. And I think if I ever had a real Bigfoot encounter, like, it, it would probably change how I felt about it. Like, think about that. Would you ever go camping again? I, w- I will literally not go camping out in the woods in a tent. Yeah, I wouldn't do it anyway. For yeah, sure. <laughs> right. Like, there are way too many things that can hurt me or mess with me. Even just like I just snakes. Think it's gross. Yeah, thank you. I, I want when it's hot, but if it's cold, I'll mm-hmm. be out there. I could live out there indefinitely. Like, I just, yeah, I adore it. Except mm-hmm. for like, you know, internet and football games and ba- and video hey, games. My land now has cell phone coverage and 4G LTE. So okay. what up? There you go. Yeah, I watched the Super Bowl while out there. It was a great time. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> and I yeah. got roared at by a bear. Um, Ooh, which, yeah, which is why I don't do that. Super not cool. Okay, so the next story is by Alicia Napo. She was kind enough to send it to us in multiple um, Facebook voicemails, um, which was a very clever way for her to solve the problem that our voicemail line sucks. So thank you again, Alicia, for doing that. Um, Although if you guys hear like about every minute, there's like a chop cut. Um, It's because Facebook only allowed her to do one minute at a time. So that's why you're going to hear that. But thanks again, Alicia, for sending us your story. Um, hey, guys. Well... I just left your voicemail. You can completely disregard it because I don't think it recorded. Or if you did, you only got a partial por- <laughs> you only got a partial of the story. So I'm going to tell it to you on here and try and stay in chronological order. So this is the first one, and this is about um, when I, I just recently moved to California, and my boyfriend's got a family friend who was a medium, and I'm like, oh, okay, she's a medium, right? And she, her and I finally had a one-on-one and this was, uh, we were talking about she had a really bad accident and blah, blah, blah. And I asked her if she ever felt like she lost her, her gift. She goes, yes, it was after my accident. But she said, I thought it was out of, um, retaliation from God because I wasn't using my gift right. And then she told me this story. So she tells me years ago, she says, this goes back to Lacey Peterson she said years ago she was in the kitchen and her husband was alive at the time and she said she saw Scott Peterson on the TV and she wasn't really listening but she goes oh that guy killed his, killed his wife and Danny who was her husband goes no his, his wife and his kid are missing and she goes oh no he, he killed them so fast forward to um, 
one night she hears walking in the kitchen. She gets up out of bed and she sees Lacey Peterson walking around in her kitchen, walking around the kitchen table going, where's my baby? I can't find my baby. I can't find my baby. And she goes, Lacey, your, your baby is in heaven. God comes down to grab the babies, but you have to go toward the light. She went on to talk about how Lacey told her that if you look at pictures, you can see her where she was sitting on the bed. And she said it was a couple days before Christmas and she was sitting on the bed and Scott, she was talking about how she was stressed about the holidays and how Scott came up behind her and was like going to rub her shoulders like he was going to relieve tension. But he ended up wrapping his hands around her neck and choking her. Okay. So then she tells me that she's working and she says that she hears, uh, she, she, she gets this gaze upon her eyes and everybody at work just knows that something's coming in. Like she, she has like almost like a, that's so Raven look, you know? Um, um, she sits at her computer and everyone goes, uh, Bambi, what did you see? She says, I see. I see rocks and somebody hands her a piece of paper and she starts drawing things out. She says, I see rocks and broken up concrete. And there's a, there's a knoll, like a, like a, a grassy knoll. Um, but there's water. I see water coming up and that's, that's where Lacey is. Lacey is there. And, and she said, God, I had every intent to call the police and tell them, you know, this is where, she, cause I think she was found in Burbank. She said, I feel like, I was supposed to call, but I guess a bunch of psychics and um, other sh- crackpots were calling the news and telling them, you know, this is what they're seeing and this is where she is. And it was just dead leads. And she goes, I never called. And like two days later, they found her in the place that she was. And she said, after that, I thought that I lost my gift um, because a couple years later, she got into an accident. She got into a car accident and she was like, I mean, this is a side note. She was driving and she said that she saw a bright white light in the passenger seat. And she, uh, that, that they told her to put her foot on the brake. She's going to be okay, but she's going to be in an accident. And a, a highway patrolman pretty much T-boned her car and she was out for a little while, but she said that she didn't see anything or hear anything. She had no visions, no nothing. And she said that she thought it was God retaliating that she didn't use her gift right that you know Lacey came to her and told her what happened and he didn't she didn't do it right but yeah that that story had go, I had such goosebumps hearing about it and I'm thinking how I mean I think it's really interesting the the crazier thing is she has a granddaughter and she says I think she has the gift cuz she does she, she, her name's uh, Shawnee. She's like, I think Shawnee has the gift because there are some times where she's like, uh, Gram- uh, Grandma, it's ha- Nana, it's happening, it's happening. And she goes, all right, well, just, just hold my hand, just hold my hand. Is there anything that you want to talk about? You know, is it something that you want to talk about what happened? She says, no, no. But wow, wow. She also told, this is a side, another side note, but she also told... um my boyfriend's parents both died kind of young like her their mom died at 47 and uh their father died a year later or a year before I can't remember which but just a year in between each other and a cup um it wasn't that long ago 
I mean, this it's been he was 18, he's 42 now. But the the girls, his sisters went to Bambi and uh asked her, you know, what you know, can you can we get in touch with my parents? They were able to get in touch with their mom and they said that their mom is always around. There there's four kids and she says that she's always with somebody, whoever needs her the most. And she goes and reports back to their dad. Her dad's always in the background, like in a different, almost like in a different dimension or something. And she goes back and reports to their dad. What a freaking wild thing. So whenever I'm alone in the house and I'm picking my nose, I'm thinking, God, is she watching me? What if she's in this house today? That's crazy, right? Yeah. Okay. Wow. So, um, the Lacey Peterson thing is cr- like absolutely insane. Yeah. Especially because it's just so big. It was, it was such a big deal. It was, yeah. And it was like all over the news and she knew about it somehow. Like, so I've been on the show saying like, I really don't buy into the whole psychic thing. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if it started somewhere and then a bunch of people just like profited off of it. Of course, yeah. Right. right. But like, I've never seen truly convincing stuff about a psychic. But like, if this is if this is real... I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, what can you say about it? That It's like jaw-droppingly. Well, and it, it also would, like, make you change your perspective on things, or at least a lot of people, like the whole mom reporting back to the dad thing, like, and the dad's mm-hmm. not there, but the mom can, like, traverse um, yeah, that's space and time. Like, I don't, I don't know what to make of it. That's That's crazy. I just think of, like, the little girl, like, if that's if it's real, if there are mediums and if they really do have these visions, can you imagine as a little girl like how terrifying that coping is coping with that? Yeah. Right. Yeah, that'd be terrible. Like Haley Joel Osment did a really good job in the sixth <laughs> sense of selling it, but right? <laughs> but like truly seeing a child like have to deal with that, like that's heavy. Well, like in the first listener story episode, Javi talked about you wouldn't know because you don't you don't listen, right? No, I don't. Javi talked about um this little boy that had the same thing and like told him about his aunt's death. Um, yeah. Before oh, I think I've actually heard that story yeah, yeah, from him. I mean, I'm, I'm sure. related to the man. So, so yeah, those are the only two, <laughs> those are the only two things I can think of. That's like, I mean, no explanation. Like that just psychics. Like I said, it's just so, it's so hard cause it's so monetized, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, it's so like over the top fake. Also, there's like no way to prove it really. Right. I mean, this is the closest but you can well, get no, to actually, proof. That's even I the think, worst part is but, like, if you set them aside and tried to get them to prove it, they couldn't, right? That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Like, cause there's like that million dollar challenge, the Randy challenge and like nobody's won that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. That, that's pretty nuts. So what do you, what do you think about psychics, Carol? I mean, it seems like maybe one in a thousand is for real. Right. I'm sure some, some people have some gifts. Like I have a family member who, you know, says that she has, you know, seen spirits and, feels things, you know, I've talked, I've talked to a lot of people who have had experiences that it seems like, you know, for real, but how do you know? So before we go on, I forgot to mention that is a listener named Leisha Napo and she's really funny. So the two, the two 
parts that made me laugh are the obviously the picking my nose part but also right. the, that's that's so raven face like I so was, real yeah so <laughs> i was um traveling um for work and i was like alone in like this room in in a amazon warehouse and i was like listening to this to try to yeah as she was sending it in because like it was a riveting story and like when those two parts came on i laughed so loud somebody came in and checked in on me like they were <laughs> like are you okay um because they thought i was like dying um but yeah so thank you Leisha, so much for uh sending that and that was a really really good story um but yeah i think the other part behind the whole psychic thing is is like i really feel like the people that do actually have like a gift or something like probably isn't as like strong as they may say it is or like as specific as they may say it is but they have to make like cognitive leaps to get it there Mm -hmm. and that's probably where like they get into trouble right is like there actually are people who have this like for whatever reason inane ability to kind of see more than the average person but then they like overstep and over guess and i think that that's probably part of it also i think a lot of the people who fake it are just really good at reading people like they're good they're good at like knowing what you would want to hear that kind of stuff or even like like not necessarily faking like okay when i was like 12 I, in middle school, this girl had the same name as me. It was just slightly off and we got each other's report cards. We were always by each other lines and stuff and lockers are next to each other. And one day she walked by me and I just got this like terrible feeling that something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I stopped her and I was like, you know, are, are you okay? And she started crying and said, and t- told me she was like about to go kill herself. Now, is that psychic premonition or is that just reading people? I yeah. mean, you know, you can you can make things bigger than they are. Exactly. Yeah. Like if you were to suddenly turn that into a career, right? <laughs> like then, right. yeah, and you'd be totally overguessing. Well, and there's also just like a lot of elements of biology that we still don't fully grasp. Like you could have, you know, literally detected like her pheromone difference, because especially mm-hmm. if you guys were physically in contact or like one of the things as far as uh, quote unquote psychic stuff that I've always found super interesting is uh, dream sharing with people who are really close to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you've, mm-hmm. have, you've heard of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like if you physically sleep in proximity to somebody, like you can have the same dreams and again, like what's the line for coincidence, but it's just so, it's such a weird thing to think about, you know, like if our brains and communication can happen in, in a realm that like we're not, that we can't even close to define, you know, it's just such a weird thing to think about. You know, that actually happened to me too. I'm sorry. Am I talking too much? No, <laughs> no, no. Just Why you're here. Talk. <laughs> no, um, my mom and I had the same dream one time, like across the hall from each other. We That's both crazy. woke up crying because we both dreamed that I died. Oh, wow. And like, yeah, I, I dreamt that like I was dying and she dreamt that she was there watching it. See, that that is exactly what That's I'm talking crazy. about. That yeah. is like the exact thing. Like that there is no way you could tell me that that's a coincidence, you know? Right. And, and both of you waking up from it, like, because it was such a visceral dream, not like for you as visceral. And then for her, she was like, Oh yeah. You know, that sounds like maybe a dream I had. Like, no, it was both like both of you. Yeah, we both woke up. So clearly you weren't dying. So it's not like you had a shared experience. Like, yeah, I, I can't, I can't put my mind on that like that. Well, in the, um, or like the twin connections, like those types yeah. of things too. Mm-hmm. Um, they really trip me out. So I'm like a really empathetic person to kind of a ridiculous point. RJ knows this. Um, and I've had a lot of moments in my life where I've been able to like 
like like you said about that other girl where I can like mm-hmm. tell when people are upset even if they're not acting like it or like I remember I would have moments when I was younger in high school and I'd like sit in my house and I'd like I'd, I'd like feel like someone was hurting or something and then they one of my friends would call me and talk to me about something bad that happened to them oh, or wow. things like that so I always wonder I always think about that because like feelings are obviously extremely strong when it comes to like uh, like like animals in general but us right like we can read each other's feelings through right. like pheromones and things like that but also obviously by your facial expressions and stuff like that but it's just interesting mm-hmm. like uh, people who are especially in tune to emotion and to the way people feel obviously well, and then, probably and then have turn a, that into also an attunement to a specific person yes yeah right, like on that top person. of that like yeah. you know what that person's mannerisms are like and like things like that right. it's interesting to kind of think like how you would then be able to predict things or tell things that normal people wouldn't be able to or whatever right right yeah and that's i mean well and really it's just like it's just like the line between uh science and magic like like where where does the line really like end yeah. right like if the science is really so like far advanced and and hard to explain like it becomes magic it's the same thing like this like where does someone's like actual ability to read somebody and like be empathetic and and pick up on these cues that everyone else really has access to, but just don't get like, where does that stop? And where does premonition begin? You know? Um, but yeah, I mean like we did an episode, um, where we talked about, uh, how Abraham Lincoln and, uh, this other dude from England, like pretty much saw their death coming. Like, yeah, I I just don't know. There's a lot to that. It's very hard to, to guess. Also, Leisha did say, um, you know, because we did the Filipino folklore episode and she mentioned that, uh, quote, I'm Italian. And whenever there was a room, my family didn't want the kids to go in. There was always a monster in there and they would call it Mamoni, Mamoni, M-U-M-O-N-I. Uh, but I looked it up and I don't know if I'm spelling it wrong or if it's just a thing my family made up. But that's my relation to the uh, Filipino tales, she said. So um, <laughs> so if you happen to be Italian or if your family ever used the Mamoni against you, let us know. That way we can let Leisha know uh, that she either had a super normal childhood or a super abnormal childhood. No, oh, but I just love that this all comes back to the fact that parents lie to their kids. So they'll oh, do what they say. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which... <laughs> And this actually reminded me, too, that uh, Becky, my sister, whenever she listened to the episode, the Filipino folklore one, she goes, oh, did you talk about the Momo? Which is what my mom always said is like the monster in the room, just like Leisha had. So the Momoni uh, for the Filipinos is the Momo. And she always tells my son about it. My son does not care at all about the, the Filipino monster. He just no, goes he there. he cares about bugs, though. He does care if about bugs. If I tell him there's bugs somewhere dark or yeah. monsters in it, then he won't go there. He won't go. Which is yeah. nice. Anyway... So now we've got a story from J.T. Tatum. So J.T. Tatum actually is the one who shared the San Antonio uh, Railroad story with us that Rachel did a while back. So um, listen to that first. Um, But anyway, so he said, uh, so I've been been there. So he said this after we put the episode out, by the way. He goes, no handprints, but... We purposely parked my car tire, obviously in neutral, in a pothole, and the car was stopped completely for probably 10 to 15 seconds and then started to move and rolled over the tracks. You park before them. Um, He says, if you watch YouTube on it, people have laser leveled it and it is downhill for sure, but does not look like it. Um, Also, to get over the tracks, that part is is for sure uphill, so it's pretty trippy. Um, And yeah, so I think in that episode, we talked about how like this is like an urban legend that's kind of picked up steam. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, people have definitely had 
solid contact out there. Um, you know, the, the whole baby handprints and uh, baby powder and stuff like people have pictures. So I'm not going to say we can deny it, but um, yeah, it's just, that's absolutely crazy to think about. I mean, could you imagine like parking your car somewhere and then it starts to freaking move? Like that is a level of like pants. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's crap, not... your, crap your pants. Oh yeah. We're Canadian radio, RJ. <laughs> well, you can't say that. We might. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and that's something that's like, it's because, you know, we always talk about like the whole people when you go somewhere purposely looking for things to happen, obviously it's more, a lot more likely things will happen, right? Like that's yeah. just because you're listening for it and you're in tune to it and you're more whatever. And anything that happens must be paranormal. Like it can't just be like, right. oh, that was probably a rat. It has to be. It was a ghost. Um, but this is different. This is your car physically moving. Like this isn't just like, oh, we all thought we saw the same thing. Right, or we all right. thought we heard the same thing. Like, no, this is your car. And it's clearly repeatable because people do it a yeah, lot. Right. Yeah. Very interesting. All right, Rach. Definitely. So finally, for the first time <laughs> in our entire 35 episode backlog, you get to tell a scary story about yourself. So I have a few. I don't know which one you want me to tell. Whatever you're what do you want to ease into it? Or you want to come in with a bang? It's up to you. I mean, none of my I don't know if any of mine are like huge. They're not. Spoiler alert. There's one that I don't know if I've told you about. You were there for it, but I don't know if I told you about it. You probably did, but go for it. That sounds interesting. So we... Crap, what concert was it? Yeah, you told me about this. It was... Uh, it was in it was Story of the Year. It's the Story of the Year? Mm-hmm. Okay. So when we were in college, we went to a concert. And we stood up like... We were literally standing next to the ginormous speakers. Which, of course, everyone at concerts like goes half deaf by the end of it, right? right? But we were like, especially. Like the most deaf you can be. Um, Other than deaf. Okay. Yeah. Well, while still being a hearing person. Okay. Um, and I don't know if that's a PC term. So but yeah. While still being able to hear. Is that okay yeah, sure, to say? Okay. Um, so we went back to RJ's apartment and for some reason it ended up where me, you and Becky were all sleeping in the same bed. Probably just crashed out talking about the concert. Probably. And I was in, I was on the edge. I remember this is why this mattered. I was on the edge. So I was on the edge and we were all like squished and it was a queen size bed. So it's like three humans like squished onto this bed. So we were really close to each other. And at the beginning I had my back to you and obviously like my ears were ringing and I wasn't hearing very well, but I kept hearing someone whispering to me. Um, and when I would turn around and ask RJ what, what he was saying half the time, I woke him up like three times. He was getting really mad at me, but I was so sure he was talking to me because I was like, like through the ringing, I would hear a human, like someone talking and whispering. Um, and so, yeah, I kept asking him, what are you saying? What are you saying? And then finally I just kind of stopped asking him. And then I turned over to where I, my back was to whatever your room, there was no one behind me and I, it kept happening, but you, it wasn't in front of me. Cause I could look right at you. One time I actually like heard talking and I opened my eyes and I was staring at you and you were asleep, but like it was legit. And I don't think, I don't remember it actually being real words. I just remember like the sound of like someone whispering like that. Ooh, ASMR, skeptical skeptics. There you go. <laughs> also kind of creepy. Because I'm talking about something creepy. So, so I don't know how much that has to do with the fact that like. It's got to be your ears getting damaged. Like, I don't know though, that but is. it was just so consistent. But, but the problem was it, it lasted for about five or ten minutes and then it went away. It wasn't all night. And it yeah. hadn't happened before then. 
like we had all been talking and I was totally fine. And then we all started to go to sleep and you guys fell asleep. And then about 15 or 20 minutes later, that's when it started. It happened for about five to 10 minutes and then it completely stopped. Yeah, that's weird. I liked the other story better, but no. Which other one? I can, yeah. it was a short story. I can tell another one. Yeah, tell another one. Go I have it. two other ones that are like. Well, don't, don't, don't. Don't shoot every shot. Well, <laughs> right neither, now, the other know. two, I don't know. One of them was not that great. Anyways, um, so my sister was supposed to tell this story, Jen. Jen. Thanks, Jen. By the way. Um, but she did not. So I'll it was tell like it. like three months ago. She was like, hey, I got this. <laughs> she did not have this. <laughs> um, so my sister was living in um, downtown Denver when I, I think I was, she's eight years older than me. And I was, so I was like 15 or 16. Um, and me and my mom came to visit her and they lived in this studio apartment. And I wish she was telling this cause I don't actually know what the place is, but um, it's actually a, they turned it into a, an apartment building, but it used to be an old hospital. Um, and they even had one of those like spires in the, is that what's called in the middle of it that where they used to take the dead bodies and burn them. Hmm. Where it's like fire. No, it's like really tall. It's just like a tall. It's all it's for is for that. And then like An incinerator? the smoke would come out at the top. Well, damn. OK, sure. I don't know. But yeah, it was in the middle. It was like in a courtyard. Um, and the whole thing was super industrial. Like you could there was all the walls were brick. And then in the top, you could see all the piping and stuff. So it was already like echoey and like the floors were concrete. So it was like echoey and kind of like eerie. Right. And it was a hos- old hospital. So obviously nobody loves that. I mean, it was a cool apartment, but it was creepy. Um so the first night we were there, I think uh, me and my sister, I mean, me and my mom were sleeping on an air mattress because she had a studio apartment. She only had one bed and we were sleeping like probably like near her kitchen because that's the way it works. And um, we were like four or five feet away from her uh, kitchen table. And at like three o'clock in the morning, we just heard this really loud crash and we all woke up all at the same time. We were like, what was that? And we looked over and... um. Our suitcase was knocked over, which had been near the table. And then a a chair was like pushed. But the problem was like the suitcase was had fallen over like the opposite direction of where the chair was. Because the first time mom was like, oh, the suitcase just knocked the chair over. But like it didn't they weren't near each other. Like and it wasn't knocked like towards the chair. It was knocked away from it. And also Mm -hmm. the chair was like super far away from the table, like had been moved like two feet away from the table. It wasn't just like this little, like it was like really far. That is, that's terrifying because what if it was like one of those people that's like hiding in the air vents just to eat your sister's food. Okay. I was like, and he was like, Oh crap, she has guests and like, had to like yeah, hightail it back out. I would be afraid of that, but her ceilings were insanely high. Oh, really? Like if someone was hiding in the air ducts, they would have to do like acrobatics to get down <laughs> and get back up. Like they'd have to be like a they professional have to do, like, gymnast. Impossible every single time. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, yeah, uh, that's super creepy. Mm-hmm. So, like physical manipulation is another one that's just like, yeah. like, I can't deny it. It's happened in my life. Right. So what the hell is it? Also, those are, I think, the scariest. Like, it's one thing to hear noises and things like that. But it's another to know that, like, right. like it can manipulate some suitcase in a out chair. there is capable of moving things like that's serious. That's not like a freaking piece of paper getting blown across. Yeah. Like, mm. I know. Mm-mm-mm. Pretty crazy. Um. Okay, so 
Carol's got a story from Melina Palin, which actually I think Melina is the oldest story in here. I think we got this like all the way back in February or March. We yeah, were going to do ago. an episode on this story, but um, it's actually really hard to find info on it. So we were kind of just like waiting it out to see if we, you know, could get a couple more articles on it. Uh, but then once we decided we were going to do a second listener story episode, we thought it might be better for this. So thank you, Melina, for sharing this. Hopefully you hear this like I I haven't yeah, heard sorry from you. it took so long. Yeah, it's been like four months. So sorry. <laughs> uh, but we were excited to tell the story. Okay, so from Melina Powell. Hello, RJ and Rachel. I was currently listening to your podcast on the Black Shuck. When you brought up the churches, it reminded me about this church in New York that many consider evil. It is Christ Church Linden Tree Preschool, or well was. I would love to explain the history of it. Please message me if you're interested. So this church is a bit old. It has burnt down and the fire killed some people. Many years it was rebuilt. My cousin and I would often help out seeing their mom worked there. Often you would feel negativity in the air, mainly in the back staircase exit. In the actual church area where we often helped by moving boxes of donations and decor, the lights would be low and calming. But the scary part was the top banister. Mind you, this is a cathedral, so it has that fancy look. No one could reach that area, but my cousin and I would often see a man watching us. He didn't look at all like the priest or anyone we knew, which was everyone in there. He would watch us with a stern face, then disappear behind the curtain. If you went upstairs, there were two classrooms, both for preschool and ballet classes. I often felt like there was someone always watching me. Doors would slam and voices would be heard, but no one else would be there. In the play area space, which was another room, was often filled with people, but after hours, when no one was there, you would often hear footsteps. Years later, we no longer helped, and that was a good thing because, again, the church killed another person, a lawyer. It is said the cross fell on top of the roof and stabbed him. I'm not sure if that is exactly how he died, but now the church and school no longer are, is no longer open to anyone. The scariest part was the back exit by the offices. It felt like someone was always coming down the stairs or when you were walking down, they were breathing on the back of your neck. Ooh. That, the whole like guy just standing there staring at them thing. Oh, my gosh. Uh-uh. I mean, are there many places <laughs> scarier than old churches? No, there really aren't. Like that. Mm-hmm. It's like the, one of the scarier places you could be. They're just like, I think they're echoey, right? Like that's a problem. They're shadowy because of like stained glass and like where they put, like they put windows in odd places. It's just. Mm-hmm. So there's something about Jesus that brings Satan. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, like there's something about being in a holy place that's like, okay, but where's Satan? Yeah. Like, where is he hiding? Right. Um, yeah. So, Melina, thank you again for sharing that. Uh, we, like I said, we, we tried to look into it, and uh, your story was honestly the best one we found. Yeah, I couldn't find anything else. Yeah, like we couldn't find anything that even touched how good that was. So we decided to just share it as your listener story. So, again, thank you for the weight on that one. But yeah, that sounds like a very creepy place. Okay, so we're gonna take a quick ad break, which is going to be a show that I highly recommend, even though I don't know what it is right now. So (laughs) listen to the ad and check it out. On Is It Philosophy, we are not going to explore the philosophers of long forgotten. We'll not ponder Plato or Socrates. There's so many podcasts out there for that, if that's what you're seeking. This is something different. A place where all ideas are welcome. An open forum to talk about anything and everything. We take an idea and work to find an answer. It may not always be the most insightful, so come and listen with an open mind. Who knows, you may like what we have to say. So come and enjoy and ask yourself, is it philosophy? 
I want to take a moment to talk about Podcoin. It's a new app that's out there that actually pays you to listen to podcasts, which considering you're listening to our podcast, I would think maybe you're interested in this. Um, for every 10 minutes that you listen to it, you're going to get something called a Podcoin, which you can use to rack up uh, gift cards or stuff for charity. So like we do calories for dogs or like dog food as Rachel so adamantly wants me to call it, but they count it in calories. And so dadgummit, we've donated like 9,000 calories to pups. Um, it's pretty great. So no other podcast app lets you do that. So check it out. Podcoin use our promo code skep skep S K E P S K E P all caps, no spaces, and you'll get 300 free Podcoins uh, for your session with Podcoin. All right. All right. So we're going to listen to Mark's story. If you know it, Carol, then just wait for us because we haven't listened to it yet. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to it anyway. I'm sure I've heard it. But OK, so I highly doubt that this will be one of your more entertaining stories here. But the weird thing that happened to me was I was probably around 14 years old or so. My parents were divorced and I was at my dad's house in the basement he was upstairs, I think probably sleeping, and I was watching some TV show down there. I had a deck of cards in front of me that I was sort of just kind of playing around with, and I decided to see if I could figure out what the top card on the deck was. So I shuffled the cards up real well, didn't even look at them while I was shuffling, tried to make sure that there was no way that I could cheat in this. Just shuffled them up really well and closed my eyes and then grabbed the top card off the deck. And then I put it on my forehead, and I stayed that way with my eyes closed for a long time. Probably at least 20 or 30 minutes I, I sat there like that. It was almost like a meditative state. And I was just concentrating on the card, just sort of trying to see through my forehead, basically, while my eyes were closed. And then it was the weirdest thing that I've ever experienced. In my mind, there was a picture. And it was black with a bunch of mist. And then the mist kind of parted. And I could see Queen of Spades. So I looked at the card, and it was the Queen of Spades. So I put it down, and then I closed my eyes, and I grabbed the next card off the deck. And this time it happened almost instantly, Seven of Diamonds, and I looked, and it was the Seven of Diamonds. So I set it down, and then I did it a third time, and it took a little bit longer, maybe two or three minutes, but I saw Five of Hearts, and it was the Five of Hearts. And then I put it, I put them down, and I had kind of freaked myself out. Plus, I thought if I continue to do this past three, and I start to get some wrong, thinking that maybe it was a coincidence that it wouldn't make a good story anymore. So I thought I would stop there at three. But I don't know what the mathematics on correctly guessing three random cards are in a row in a shuffled deck, but I've got to imagine it's pretty remote. Uh, that combined with the the very clear picture that I saw in my head, and like I said, I'd never... You know, I, I, I'm a writer, so I imagine things a lot in my head, and I see things that I'm writing a lot in my head, but I've never experienced a picture like that 
in my head very, very clear. And uh, like I said, this weird mist that just parted. So that is my weird happening that happened to me. Don't really know how to explain it. Don't really know what it means. It's never happened again. I've never really tried it again. So that is my story. Okay. Did you listen to that? Yeah. Have you heard it before? Yeah. Okay. That's like probably the most interesting story. <laughs> like for ours. Um, that, like we were just shit talking psychics and you're married to one. What the hell? <laughs> that's that's insane. Yeah, that is crazy. Like I I. I mean, I, I believe I believe him, but it seems so unbelievable. You know, like if I didn't know him so well, I'd be like, no way. Oh, yeah. I wish no, that we had sure. it on video. <laughs> well, it's just. Yeah. So I looked it up and the odds are. Hold on one second. <laughs> it is one out of one hundred and thirty two thousand and six hundred or. Wow. Zero, 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 eight percent. Wow. <laughs> so like That's a percent crazy. of a percent of a percent. Right. Like, forever down. <laughs> should have played the lottery. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. He should have seen the smoky freaking lotto numbers come to his head. <laughs> he should have held a lotto ticket to his head for real. Like in that window of time. Right. The, the, the part to me is like he just has never tried it again. And probably to preserve the story, which again, as a writer and storyteller, makes sense mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, totally. Go buy him a lotto ticket tonight, Carol. Like, <laughs> just put it on his head while he sleeps and just see, okay. you know, what he when he comes. And that's and if it doesn't work, it's fine. You just don't tell that story. Yeah, you don't have to tell anybody. But if it does work, you don't have to tell the story because you'll be a millionaire. So exactly. <laughs> but that, yeah, that blows. I mean, could you imagine like letting that just like fester and not doing anything with that? Like, I couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, I just, I think. Honestly, there's nothing I'm more like perplexed by, I guess, than like anything that comes to like weird mental stuff. Like we were kind of talking about the mm-hmm. psychic thing, like just because, you know, like how many times have you legit like I have so many times been like listening to the radio and then they'll be like the song coming up next and I'll think it and it's that song. It's that song. Yeah. You know what that I mean? Weird like stuff weird stuff like that. That's like, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, obviously there's only like 10 songs that they play. Right. But still. <laughs> the, the the fact that I picked one that one that one time is just weird. But there have also been times where I'm like, oh, maybe it's this one and it's not, and I'm wrong. But right. still, like it's just in that kind of stuff is always interesting to me because we just have such a small comprehension of like what our brains do and the way that our we don't brains even know work. How the brain works, yeah. Right. That it's like that kind of stuff is so unexplainable and so interesting to me because it's like we just have no idea. There's just I, there's no explanation for any of it. Yeah. Well, and like we've had, you know, like weird, weird stuff happen or like even uh, deja vu or like deja vu to the point it's a uh, deja something else preview. Something <laughs> like, but like where you can actually like tell what's going to happen next. Yeah. Like those those types of things. Uh, so it's so weird. Like the brain is just absolutely insane. It also just blows yeah. my mind, like the, the simple phrase, it goes around the Internet all the time. But um, <laughs> the brain is the only organ trying to figure itself out like that. Yeah. Is so true. <laughs> right. OK, one time I had deja vu so hard that, you know, how you have deja vu and then you're like, wait, hold on. I had deja vu about this in mm-hmm. my deja vu. That happened. Yeah, actually, yeah, I've had deja vu. Yeah, where like I see it. And then like in the deja vu, I'm like, oh, wait, I had deja vu about this. And mm-hmm. then, like two years later, I'm like, hey. Yeah, it happened to me like literally a week ago. I had deja vu about having deja vu about being in Denver. This is the weirdest thing. Yep. Hate it. So this last story, not last story. Is it the last story? I'm going to tell a story. Second to last story um, is by Caravan Frizzell. Um, and I have to say, this is like poetic 
Like the way that Caravan writes is oh, yeah. beautiful. She might be a writer, so if she is, like Caravan, if you're a writer, let us know. If you're not a writer, start writing be a some writer. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so here's her story. I have a writing degree, by the way, so like I'm not just throwing this out there. I really mean you should be a writer. <laughs> okay. So I'd like to share a true experience I had when I was six or seven years old. My parents were looking to relocate from the small house that had that had uh, which could no longer contain the massive worldly collection of stuff and things my parent, my father had collected in his travels, as well as me and my small menagerie of pets. We had taken a day trip out to Trenton, Wisconsin, in order to look at a farmhouse that was for sale. I remember that the day was bright and warm, insects buzzing and a faint buzz from the power lines following the soft curves of the cracked road. The house was a quiet, aged, white, in an expansive yard of tired green grass and trees. I felt drawn to that house immediately, feeling a strong womanly presence of love and protection. This emotion seemed to make the environment even brighter, almost idyllic with a hot breeze pushing a tire swing hanging from one of the nearby tree limbs. This feeling grew stronger as we wandered the property. These smaller details are all lost, lost to me now. I just know this feeling of a mother, alien as my own, had always been cold and aloof. The realtor led us inside, and I'm sure I gleefully explored the house until I followed my father into the living room. This room I remember in a stark detail. I will remember, sorry, in stark detail until the day I die. A clean, empty space of light, hardwood floors, and white walls. The floor was scuffed, evidence of lives lived. The walls were an off-white color, sun-kissed and warm, but the room itself was cold. That feeling I had throughout the rest of the property, I did not reside here. I was always extremely close to my father, and so I emulated everything he did. I saw him look into the closet underneath the stairs, and so I did the same. I opened the door he had closed and looked inside. I saw a pile of bloody clothes on the floor, the image of a brown leather woman's jacket, the clearest in my mind, a soft tan, the hide supple, the blood still bright and wet and dripping. I turned to mention this to my dad, who was standing with my mother in the center of the room, as I turned, it was then I noticed the blood sprayed onto the walls. I noticed the pool of blood on the floor by my parents' feet. Only then did I notice the man standing in the doorway to the kitchen across the room from me. He was only a suggestion of a man as he was black from head to toe. He was as solid as you or I, but featureless in ebony. The only other word I have to try to describe him is a demon. I perceived only rage from him and the heat of that pure anger radiating from him was so strong it actually burnt my face like a bad sunburn. I felt a pressure against my chest like he slash it was trying to push me back. It seemed enraged that I could see him. I remember asking it softly, why is there blood on the walls? My parents turned around to look at me, paled. My dad picked me up and took me from the house. Neither of them said a word to me until we were in the car and driving away. I looked back and recalled that the, the house looked like it was sagging sad. I asked my parents, couldn't we make it happy? Uh, this story was strengthened by the realtor who explained to my parents that the previous owner had shot his wife and taken the shotgun to himself in that same living room. She had explained that at some point previous to our tour of the grounds, she wouldn't go inside the house. 14 years later, as I was getting a tattoo and in idle conversation, I told my story. Um, the artist told me that his buddy was the son of that couple and he was forced to drive past that house every day on his way to work. This is one of the three strongest paranormal experiences I've ever had in my life. My first memory is an out-of-body experience, staring down at myself, screaming in my father's old crib. And I also dreamt of my father's death before I found him at the age of nine, only a couple years after witnessing this demon slash black soul slash man thing, though I don't fully believe that the two are related. I'm still highly sensitive and can sense other people's emotions as well as residual energy in the building I like to explore. 
Yeah, so I'm like constantly terrified that people are just like copy pasting stories and like sending them to us because this was so well written. So good. That, like Caravan might have been like, oh, this will be hilarious. I'll send them like a classic story that nobody's heard. But no, I mean, it's just it's really well done. Um, terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. Legitimately just like, yeah, like hair standing up on the back. I was thinking about like if I was like walking to the kitchen to get like a drink of water or something, you just see this like black freaking physically there but not featured thing mm. oh my gosh I, like how do you how do you like even encounter like darkness in your home and not freak out thinking that that thing is there you know yeah that's like one of those like life-changing I, I can imagine yeah i gotta say like although great story and written so well the first time i read it ruined my day a little bit oh yeah there, there was a big like and you like I know we're asking for scary stories here. Like as a we're all having fun and games here, but like <laughs> there's no need to do this to us. Like we're just normal people. We don't need to <laughs> we don't need to deal with this. Like just keep that to yourself. No, it was, yeah, it's terrifying. Terrifying story. Um, not, not even just terrifying, but sad. It's just also it's sad. So heavy. Yeah, it's really heavy. Also, I mean it's just yeah. Like, yeah, man. Um okay, so I guess I'll <laughs> share a story. Here, here's the worst part about the story. And this is why I left it for the last, because I might cut it depending on if I already shared this in the first episode, because I don't remember. Um, so when I was like, I think 16, no, couldn't be 16. It was like 15, something like that. Uh, it was whenever the last Harry Potter book came out. Um, so whenever that was June 6th or something of, uh, 2000, it's very specific. I think, um, I'll Google that, see how close I was, mm-hmm. see if like the, the fog cleared and I was able to see it like, like Mark. <laughs> um, anyway, so, uh, it came out and, um, I was like, it was like a Saturday night and I was reading it through the night. And I remember my dad was like, Hey, uh, you got to go to bed cause we have church in the morning or whatever. And I was like, I was like, no, like this is a Harry Potter book. So I was just like, I'm not, not even going to bother. So I just kept reading and reading and reading. And I looked at my clock and it was like <clears throat> six o'clock in the morning. And both my parents like very regularly worked on the weekend. And so um, I clearly heard them like wake up and start getting ready for work. And I was like, oh crap. Like I didn't realize I s- stayed up all night. So I didn't want my dad, like he always came into my room to say bye to me. And so I didn't want him to realize like, that even though he told me eight hours previous till I go to bed (laughs) that I had no interest in doing that. So I like, um, you know, put out my light and like the whole like Like classic I'm sleeping. Your parents. And it's not even like I would be in trouble. I just wasn't even worth the argument, you know, like it just wasn't even worth having. So I just like chilled and he didn't come in and I kept hearing them getting ready for work. So I was like, okay, that's weird. But I was like wide awake. I wanted to see them out the door. That way I could just keep reading and finish this book. And so, um, I uh, like waited and waited and I could still hear them like, like start breakfast and like do all this stuff. And then I was like, well, if they're not going to come in, like I'm already wide awake, I might as well go see what they're cooking. Right. Like I'm kind of hungry. So I like leave my room and I go towards the living room and it is absolutely pitch black still. And um, there is nothing going on. Um, It's a very small house, like uh, where we were. It was like, I think, 1800 square feet. So really small, one story. And um, everything just died out immediately. Like their voices stopped. Um, The the noises of pots and pans just quit. And like everything just from the minute I opened the door. And so like I walked back, uh, their room was kind of adjacent to the kitchen. 
And so I go and I like knock on their door and I don't get an answer. So then I like kind of creak it open and they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, why are you peeking in mm-hmm. my door at six in the morning? I was just like, were you guys like awake? And they're like, no. I was like, were you just making food? No. What the hell just happened? You know? So I go back to my room and they, they're passed out. Turns out they didn't even have work that morning. So they had no reason to be up for another couple hours. Uh, nobody had gone to the bathroom, nothing. So, um, I heard their voices like distinctly. I heard them making breakfast. Um, and you know, my dad obviously like is more grumbly. My mom is not. Um, and I heard them exactly. Um, and I even to the point, like I heard them coming down my hallway to say bye to me. So, uh, all that happened and, um, I have no way to explain it. And I've never actually been like, I mean, obviously I don't think I'm haunted by my parents. Mm -hmm. So this is actually what started why I think ghosts might not be like souls. Like I think it may be some form of like imprinting on time or like a, Mm a weird loop or just my own perception uh, has looped. Um, and it's because of that experience. Like, I just, I still can't explain that. Like there was, I didn't have a window open. Um, there's nothing that would sound like people getting ready in the morning. Like that's just such a weird thing. Wow. Yeah. That is so cool. So again, not a ghost story, but just one of those things that just makes you think, you know, hold on. I'm going to see how close I was on that date. (laughs) What's the last one called Deathly Hollows? Yep. Dang, I was off by like two years. July 21st, 07. <laughs> I have one more story. You have one more story. Okay. One more story. We have one shocking more story. One. Let's go for it. <laughs> you know we are going to do another episode, though. I know. I, so we have to ghost hunt and get more stories. Also, I have a better <laughs> one yes. that I'm saving for later. You know. It happened here. Which one? The one that oh, happened here. here. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good story. Um, This one is from when I was a teenager. I was at my best friend's house, I was sleeping over. So backstory to this, when she was in middle school, because this was the coolest ever, her dad was an artist and made her this like SpongeBob themed room, which was like so cool. Like he like painted her walls and there was like SpongeBob on there. She had a giant SpongeBob toy. She had a SpongeBob phone to a giant watch that had SpongeBob on it. Like so cool. So, you know, when you think back to childhood and you like feel cringy, (laughs) this poor girl. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, she loved her SpongeBob room. But anyways, we hit high school. We were like, this is not cool anymore. You know, like, like, yeah. like you can't have a SpongeBob room. There's right. nothing cool about this. So her dad painted over it, got rid of most of the SpongeBob stuff. But for some reason, she kept this SpongeBob alarm clock that um, when it would go off, it would do this the like. Jennifer? Yes. I never knew she had a whole SpongeBob room. Oh, yeah. Whole SpongeBob room. Oh, man. Um, so, you know, it would do the, are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain. I can't hear you. Like, that's how it started, right? Um, so, uh, for some reason, Jennifer decided to keep that alarm clock, but stick it in her bathroom down the hall. Um, and I don't know why. So, one night, we would always stay up late watching, like, old... Uh, SpongeBob? No, not SpongeBob. <laughs> oh. um, at night, they would replay the Jerry Springer that had played that day. That is not SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> so, we would, like, watch Jerry Springer and whatever else came on at 3 o'clock in the morning on cable television in the early 2000s. Anyways, um, so we were up doing that. And we, I think we were actually watching TV at the time. And we hear... Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain, from the bathroom. When no one's in there, like her parents are asleep, we're hanging out in the room. So we freak out, of course, because we're like 14-year-old girls. We're screaming, losing it. Parents wake up. They're pissed that we're doing this. So (laughs) the dad goes in. He's like, this is ridiculous, and just unplugs it. And uh, so we go back to the room about three minutes later. It does it again. 
And so then we freak out even more. And it has like, it's one of those that like you can plug in and also has backup batteries. Mm-hmm. So we actually like, we're so freaked out. We like went and found a screwdriver, took out the batteries and it, and about 10 minutes later, it happened one more time Ooh. when there were no batteries and it wasn't plugged in. So we literally took it out to the dumpster <laughs> and yeah. tried to, attempted to sleep that night, but it didn't work. But can you imagine just like sitting in a dark house and are you ready kids? No, like, I don't <laughs> want to imagine that. <laughs> no. that is, it was terrifying. It, like that song has changed oh for me God. it used to remind me of happy childhood moments and now it reminds me of fear because <laughs> i'm pretty sure we stayed up until like i think we stayed up all night that night that's terrifying yeah all right so oh carol do you have do you have anything else that happened to you before we wrap um sure i got one more nice um <laughs> so my friend heather her house, she always said it was haunted and i was like yeah whatever you know I, everybody seems like they have things but one day I showed up at her house and I heard, you know, she had like three brothers and her mom and, you know, I heard all their voices and stuff. It's kind of similar to what happened with you, RJ. And I opened the door and everything just went quiet and nobody was there. See, this has got to be something to that. Yeah. Like, it's, it, it's not people's souls. Like, it can't be. My parents right. are still alive, at least I hope, unless they're lizard people, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, they like, I just, have you ever I, had that feeling around them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Way to talk about your in <laughs> Yeah. I have that feeling all the time, actually. His dad um, listens to the show. Yeah, he does. That's why I'm <laughs> making jokes. Um, maybe he's Bigfoot, not not a lizard person. That dude has too much hair to be a lizard. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, no, like I, I I don't know. I mean it like I mean I've there is said the this, whole like, theory though that like ghosts can copy voices, right? Well, I've and heard demons. that before. Demons I've heard can. That. Yeah, demons well, can demons. copy. Yeah. yeah, I've heard that before. So that's true. It could be a demon. I mean, I don't know where that came from, but or how like okay, but legit here's the thing. So if a demon followed me around and then was like, you know, what? I'm really going to get him tonight. <laughs> He's reading this Harry Potter book and it's, you know, he didn't listen to his dad. Yeah, it's like witchcraft, you know, so this is it. That's how I'm going to get him. I'm going to make him think his parents are making breakfast. That's really going to his shit up, you know, like <laughs> what are you, RJ, you are not. Very kosher for Canadian radio. Right I'll bleep it. I did bleep, so they sounded really funny last. Like it made it sound really professional. Oh, okay. Also, <laughs> it showed just how horrible you are to me because it was you like know, I was listening to you guys, and Mark walked in, and the bleeps were happening. <laughs> What's going on? Rachel's a potty mouth. That's what happened. Are they fighting? It's me. <laughs> I did it. Huh? What did I say? You you cussed like five times at me, and so no. I just bleeped it all out because it was funny. I thought you would take it away. Huh? I thought you would take it out. No, it was too funny. I had okay. to keep it. Anyway, <laughs> all right. So this has been a very special episode of Skeptical Skeptics. So um, make sure you follow Carol and her show, Retro Late Fee. Um, we plugged it, I think, last week or two weeks ago. Um, but yeah, make sure you follow them. It's, a, it's actually an incredible show. Um, I really thought, I, mean, I really wish that I had come up with that idea because it's, it's so good. Um, also, thank you, Carol, for coming on our show. And yes. Thank you guys so, so much. I mean, honest to God, you're my favorite podcast. So you Aww. made, you made my, my year. I appreciate it um, so much because, oh, just so you guys know, Mark and Carol were like respectively the first two people to ever tell us like we weren't wasting our time by doing this show. Yeah, seriously. Like when we first started, every time we like we would do that hole where you like search like podcast recommendations. Right. And we'd like 
shamelessly plug ourselves. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I went to do that and someone was like, hey, does anybody have any recommendations for any like uh, true crime or like whatever, aliens or whatever? And I saw from like Mark, it said, Skep Skep Pod. I, I almost died. I was like, someone recommended us cried. to someone else. Yeah, like for real. <laughs> like, this is amazing. Well, yeah. he was right. He recommended you to me too. Yeah. <laughs> We're yeah, so grateful for those uh hard, hard times of starting out a podcast, man. It is it is so difficult. It's really rough. Um, it's just like, what am I even doing for you know one to four hours of my week every single week? But also how many people's like days am I ruining? Yeah. Oh gosh, are you kidding? <laughs> That was really the thought that was like, I feel bad for anyone who tried out our, our first episode. Like, it was such a bad. Well, you, I'm sure you went through that with Retro Late Fee. Like it, everybody, I think every podcast we've talked to goes through oh, that. Yeah. Just what the hell am I doing moment? For sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Hope you guys have a great week. Uh, we had a really fun time recording this. So hopefully That's you enjoyed really it. really fun. If oh, you yeah. did enjoy it, let us know um, and let Carol know too. And we will um, add her on a whole bunch of stuff this week so that you guys can see that. And um, yeah, give us your scary story so we can do this again in like uh, a few months, maybe, maybe fewer months. That would be better. Also, if you feel like we missed your story on this episode, it's not because your story wasn't good enough or long enough or anything involving you. It's just because we are disorganized. So please reach out to me and let me know if you feel like we missed out on you. I feel like I got everybody, but there's always that kind of like sneaking suspicion that I missed out on somebody. Or if you gave us your story like well in advance, um, I, I just could have missed you. So please let me know um, if you feel like you missed out. I would love to get you on the next one and make it right. Thank you. Um, But yeah, so thank you guys and have a good week. Bye.